Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Proverbs 16.23. Now we're going to read a couple different versions of this today. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Here's another version. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Because of the heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. That's why God says, I want to rewire your heart. Are you hearing me? This leads Jesus to a third point. It's called the survey in Matthew 12, 36. But I say unto you that every idle word, now you got to really get a hold of this today. I'm going to give you my best analogy on how to get a hold of this. Because we need in the church house to get a hold of this. Listen to the verse. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give an account therefore in the day of judgment. For by the words that shall be justified and by the words shalt thou be condemned. He's talking about your speech. But what is scary about this, these couple of verses is what Jesus Christ is literally saying is your mouth is under surveillance. There is a wiretap in your mouth and he is recording everything that you say. So the next time that you look at your kids and I say, and thank God that people don't think I'm a nut, I say, I will slap your teeth out. You know why? We've talked about this before. My family, that's, we're, we're at best proper and just, you know, everybody asks us how to speak because our language is so perfect. No. We're very energetic when we speak. And we use words that nobody else would think. I think the term that I use with you guys a lot is shut your gypsy lips. I've, people come to me all the time and say, where did you hear that at? Where, I don't know where I heard it at. It's just me. My mom would say, if you don't stop, I'm going to stab you with this fork. And see, most kids will be like, what? I was like, oh, you will not. She would say, boy, if you don't hush your mouth, I'm going to pick up this frying pan and bust you right in the mouth with it. People would be like, oh, my goodness. Then we meet Kate's family. You want to talk about prim, proper, and perfect? I love you. Grandma Laura's here today. The matriarch of the family. They don't get mad. They don't flip off the deep end. You know, when my family gets mad, they want to break something. Not Grandma Laura. Oh, this is what she said. Oh, Jim. Because they learned how to talk to people. They learned to be calm. They learned. Listen, what comes out of your mouth matters. It is the lifeblood of the body. What you say is what makes people react. You understand what I'm saying? And so when I met Kate's family, I'm in culture shock, and I know that Brenda thought that Kate brought home the wrong loaf of bread. (laughs) It's crazy. But what I began to understand is your mouth is under constant surveillance. You will give an account for every word. Not just the good words that you use, not just the bad words that you use, for every word. Amen? 
Now, the problem with this statement is it says, you will give an account, therefore, on the day of judgment. And we're like, yeah, okay. Let me put it to you in a different way. You will give an account or you will go to court to discuss that. Everybody understands court. Somebody's probably been in here for, in court. Most people have, maybe even for just a traffic ticket or something little. But I want you to understand, we understand court, and that brings it home. Gives us an understanding that we didn't have before. And I want this to be close to you today. Because our words are ruining our nation. Our words are ruining our families. Our words are ruining the, our spouses. And they're ruining our children. Listen, this has been on my heart because I'm just as bad as you are. It's important. Your words are important. What you say is important. Now when I get home tonight, Kate will say, You're chomping on the fruit of your lips. Don't be tripping over your tongue. That's, that's their family's way nicely of saying, you better shut your mouth. That's what my mom would say. I love my mom. She made me who I am today. What God is saying is on the day of judgment, he's going to use your words for you. Or he's going to use your words against you. And he says these are going to be discussed in the judgment. Now let's talk about the judgment because there are two judgments. There's the judgment for non-Christians. And there's the judgment for Christians. The white throne judgment is for non-Christians. They will stand before the Lord, the Bible says. That judgment has nothing to do with going to heaven. The white throne judgment. If you're at that judgment, it means you missed the mark. And hell is in your future. The point of this judgment is to show you how much hell you get. Now, a lot of you are going to check out on me right now. And a lot of you are going to be like, well, now, hey, wait a minute. My grandma never taught me that. Grandpa never taught me this. I'm going to teach you something that's going to go against your core right here. And I'm going to give you scripture to prove it because I don't do anything without scripture. It's going to show you the level of hell you get. Now, is there levels of hell in the Bible? Does it say like you're going to get maximum security hell? You're going to get medium security hell. It doesn't say nothing like that. You can't really, I can't tear the levels of hell apart in the Bible and put them all together and preach you a sermon on it. But I do want you to understand that this scripture is clear that their hell will be different for everybody as will heaven. Do you believe that? Now watch, Revelation 20, 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged... And the dead were judged, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their according to according to their works. Revelation 20, 13. And the sea gave up the dead which is in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Every man according, is the key word, to their works. Hell is not the same for everybody. There are different stratas of hell. There are different levels of hell. 
Because of your words and your deeds. The only way to get to heaven is to accept Jesus Christ. And the Bible says in John 14, 6, Jesus said unto them, this is him speaking. We're going to talk in the red for a moment. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Are you hearing me? If you don't accept Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. Now, I know that that's harsh and hard. I'm just reading what the Bible says. Don't blame me. Blame him. Okay? Now, watch. Listen. Luke 12, 46. The Lord of the servants will come in a day. This is types and shadows that we're talking about here. In a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. He will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant which knew his Lord will and prepare not himself, neither did not according to his Lord's will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Luke 12, 48. But he that knew not and did not commit things worth of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes, for unto whosoever much is given... Of him shall be much required, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will also ask the more. Are you hearing me? This is based on your words and your deeds. The non-Christian stands before God, and God opens the books. He will examine their works, and he will examine their words. I don't have time to go into a six sermon debate about this this is what i want you to do you go home and read it and come talk to me listen everyone is not the same in heaven or hell it's not equal romans 14 10 now we've just been taught that there's a heaven and there's a hell but have you really delved into what heaven and what hell is Romans 14.10, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 9.17, for if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will and dispensation of the gospel, it is committed unto me. Now then we talk about the crowns that, God, that is going to be laid before us. And I don't have time to go into that either, but you have to have an understanding of it. So if you get your pen and paper out, I will give you the understanding of the reward of crowns. The first one is found in 2 Timothy 2.5. The second one is found in 2 Timothy 4.8. James 1 and 12 gives us a good explanation. 1 Peter 5 and 4 and Revelations 2.10. This all speaks about the crowns that we will get. Now, James 1 and 12 is a great summary of understanding about the judgment seat of Christ. And it says this, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which is the Lord hath promised to them that love him. That's one crown, the crown of life. I hope we all get the crown of life. Because if you get the crown of life, you're going to make it to heaven. That is an understanding and summary of what God is going to do. This is all based on your faithfulness to God in word and in works. He said God is going to listen to every careless word. That's why this was so important. 
He's going to listen to every word that is unacceptable by his standards, not the standards that we've made up. He's going to listen to everything that we've said, everything that we've did, everything that, that we've yelled at our children about. You know, some children in here today are messed up because of the way that mom or dad has talked to them. They think that they're nothing. They think that they're a tramp. They think that they're some kind of player. They think that they're things that they're not because we as parents have messed them up with our words. Sometimes people don't even hear your words when you say them. You ever cuss somebody up one side and down the other in a whisper? Huh? I got a couple chuckles because you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you form the words on your lips and you mouth them with no audio. That's what I used to do. There was no verbal audio, but my mom would whip me or my dad would whip me or I'd get, well, hang on just a minute. You got whipped? Yeah, maybe that's what's wrong with us today. But let me, when I got punished. That's what we say today. The Bible says spare the rod or don't use the rod. And what? Spoil. Oh, we all know it. You're a good church. You have an understanding here. I'd mouth the words. You blankety blank, 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 blank. But I can tell you that I never allowed mom or dad to hear it. And one time, my dad heard it. Now, here's what you have to understand about old dad. He didn't say much. He didn't do much. He worked 50 hours a week. When he came home, he had this thing called a recliner. We should have gave it a name. And he sat in that thing. And he did not get up from that thing except to go to the bathroom, get a cup of coffee, or for some really, really good reason. But old dad heard me, saw me, because I wasn't saying anything out loud one day when he got me for doing incorrect things. And old dad left the chair because for some reason that was really, really important. Still haven't figured it out. And he snatched me up quicker than I could say, Mom, help me. And he began to talk to me. You don't talk like that. And I said, I didn't. So he said, you shut your mouth. You don't talk like that. We don't act like that. And the next time I see or hear of you acting like that, I'm going to spank you. Now, my mom said, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to bury your body. The FBI will never find you. You know, just things like that. But dad said, I'm going to spank you. I've, our side of the family has rubbed off on my wife. We're in the car several months ago. We're driving down the road as a family. Luke's going on with this verbiage that he got from somewhere, and I told him I was going to kill him. I'll stab him in the neck, and I'm thinking, why in the world? I'm not thinking that because I heard that all my life. You know, it's just like, okay. Kate starts crying. She's like, I don't know why this family talks this way. I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> I just look out the window. 
She's like, you're not supposed to talk this way. This is important. You're not supposed to talk that way. People think you're crazy when you talk that way. Why are you acting like that? You don't say those things. We are not going to say those things ever again. Does everybody understand me? And we're like, oh, yeah, yep, mm -hmm, yep. I will pull this car over. You better be quiet. Do you hear me right now? We are not talking like this ever again. We're like, okay, yeah, hey. Whatever you say, honey. Happy wife, happy life. Ten minutes later, Luke's in the back. Click, clack, slam, pow. Click, clack, slam, pow. Click, clack, slam, pow. She said, if you don't stop that, I'm going to pull this car over and rip your head off. I said, well, that's out the window. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I would have never made it. <laughs> Words are important. Words matter it does seem funny but it is very important why is it very important because God wants you to understand that every word you say is under surveillance he is counting it he is writing it down it is important and you are going to be judged by your works the things that you do and by your mouth the things that you say on the judgment seat have you ever wondered what it is that causes you to say those things? It's the condition of our hearts. Can you imagine how things would change if people looked at each other and spoke to each other differently? Imagine how our world would change. Imagine how our lives would change. Imagine how the government would change. You will give an account for every word that you say, church, on the judgment seat. But that raised a question to me. If my problem is not my mouth, instead it's my heart, how do I fix my heart to have a better mouth? You ever thought of that? David talks about the glory of God in creation. And the glory of God according to his word. And then David leaves you with a method of changing your heart. In Psalms, one, Psalms 19 and 14. It says this. Let the words of my soul and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. David gives us a prayer. He gives us a prayer of understanding and he's saying, consider me, Lord. Day to day. I think we should consider using this prayer day to day. Consider me, Lord, day to day. Let the words of my mouth, what I'm saying, what I'm connected to, the connection from my heart to my mouth, let it change. That's what he's saying. Let the meditation of my heart be different. 
Let what I put into my heart be different. Let, I, what, let what I let go out of my heart be different. Lord, I want to serve you the best that I can possibly serve you. Lord, I want to do exactly what I can do. But God, you're going to have to help me change my heart. Because then when my heart change, changes, my mouth changes. When your heart changes, the, the problems that you have, a lot of them are going to disappear. Because a lot of our problems is not Satan at all. It's things that we've created in our life and we want to call them Satan. Your words are connected to your heart. We've seen that. So he says, to get your heart right is to use meditation. That raised another question to me. What is meditation, really? Because I'm thinking Buddha sitting with his legs crossed humming. Mm. That's the best Buddha ever was. I don't know if you guys know that or not. He was just a dude that hummed and got to make a lot of statues. Meditation, this is what the word means. Synonyms for meditation would be contemplation, thought, thinking, pondering, consideration, reflection, deliberation, concentration. Let's see if this helps. Sarah, would you come to the piano? There's many forms or farms in MacArthur. You drive down the road and you can see a farm everywhere, but you not only see farms, you see cows. Now, cows do this thing. I want to talk to you about the cow and his dribble. You ever seen the cow dribble? They, they bite grass in the field or they eat cud or they do this stuff and the, the creamy stuff dribbles out the side of their mouth as they chew. Right? I want to talk about the dribble... And it's connection to the heart. Oh, you're really way off track this morning. Cows have multiple stomachs. When a cow wants to eat, he will pick up some grass or some oats or, or something in the field and he will begin to chew it. He will chew and 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 he will, chew and he will swallow it. You thought I was going to say chew, didn't you? He will swallow it. Then the cow, the Bible, or the story goes that he will regurgitate it. And he will chew it again because he has multiple stomachs. Now, no matter how disgusting this may be, follow me for a moment. He wants to chew it some more because he's regurgitated. Now it's mixed with saliva and stomach juices and all these nasty things. So the cow is gurgling up part grass and part juice. When the cow finally swallows it for the last time, it has infiltrated and influenced every part of the cow's system. I grew up on a farm, but I never dealt with the cows, so I had to look this up. See, you're in church right now, and you're chewing on the word. You know how I know that you're chewing on the word is because I look back and some of you are nodding and I look back and some of you are saying amen. I look back and the occasional person is writing something down and I look back and I see people this scowl on their face and it's not because they're mad it's because they're paying attention. 
But for most of you, the moment that I complete this service and we walk out of this room, the chewing is over. And you will swallow it and you will eliminate it. And that's all you will get until you come back on Sunday morning and you'll chew again. Amen? God is saying, if you want your heart to change, then you're to tell other people about what you've heard. You're to tell other people about what you're learning in church. You're supposed to tell the person next to you. And you're supposed to tell the people in your little group. And you're supposed to tell the people at work. And you're supposed to tell all these other people around you. Because the Bible says go into all the world. But the moment that we leave the church house, we swallow. It has not infiltrated and infected our lives. We eliminate it and that is it. But what I want you to understand today is that God does not want you to have a spiritual meal that you eat and forget. He wants you to have a spiritual meal that infiltrates your life. He wants you to have a spiritual meal that you regurgitate and you think about and you chew over and you maul over and, and it gets in your fiber and it's every part of your body and everything that you can think of is the Word of God and that will infect your heart. If it infects your heart, then it will influence your system and the nutrients that you're pumping out are no longer contaminated. Because then the words that exit your mouth after being organized by the mind will be thoughts of Christ. The Bible says it this way. It says, think on these good things. We are to think about the word of God. We are to mull it over. We are to let it infiltrate every part of our lives. But what we're doing is we're coming. We're getting a shot in the arm or we're getting a dose of the ghost and we're leaving we've swallowed that meal we'll never get it back we can't really remember do you know that 78 percent of all people barnapole says 78 percent of all people cannot remember what they heard in church 15 minutes later here he goes with the statistics again that's important because you're telling me that I'm spending 40 hours a week to get two sermons together and nobody can remember what my fat mouth is saying after you leave? I don't get this stuff together so that you can forget it. I get this stuff together so it gets in your ears. So that it gets in your heart. So it transforms the very fiber of who you are. That's the word of God. You cannot come in contact with the Word of God and not be changed. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click Contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.